night, and welcome back to the Lunch and Board Game. I'm your host, Adam Collins. Today we'll be looking at Downforce. So, Downforce has one of the more interesting backgrounds. It was originally published under the name Tempo back in 1974. It was the first game published by Wolfgang Kramer. He's a prolific designer, and he has won more Spieljahres awards than any other designer, with six total. One's a Kinderspiel, four are co-designed, and three he did on his own. But come on, the man is a legend! He designed and redesigned the game many times. He redesigned the game in 1980, gave it a theme, and branded it with Formula One racing as Niki Lauda's Formel One. It was then rethemed a few more times until 1996 when Kramer released another version, Top Race, which was nominated for Spieljahres against his own game, El Grande. For the record, El Grande won the Spieljahres that year. Anyway, the game was out of print for about two decades until Restoration Games bought the rights to it and released it as Downforce in 2017. Co-design on this edition go to Rob Davio and Justin Jacobson. Restoration Games is an interesting company. They look for classic games that time has forgot, and then they breathe new life into them, sometimes with a new theme and a new name, other times with just a new paint job and some added mechanics. They recently did Fireball Island and Return to Dark Tower. Downforce currently has a 7.4 rating with 7,500 ratings. That makes it good enough for 354th overall and 63rd in family games. These seem pretty on point with BGG, but I think it deserves a lot higher rating than the 7.4. I give it a solid 8.5 out of 10. Rule Clarity The rules for Downforce are very straightforward and easy to understand. Every player must have at least one car in the race. You must play a card in your turn and move the cars in the order as they appear on that car from the top down. Place your bets when the first car crosses the betting line. And then at the end of the race... Add up your totals. Simple rules, yet tons of strategy. Time to explain to newcomers. As it would seem, downforce is extremely easy to explain to newcomers. Of course, the rules explanation I just gave is a bit oversimplified, but not by much. Every card that appears in the card must move forward as far as the card says, or until it's out of legal moves. Sideways is not a move. The front end of the next space must be further along than the one the car is currently in. If a card features a wild on it, you cannot move any other color that's already on the card. For instance, if it's a wild and a red, you cannot move the red twice. And I think that just about sums it up. The Gameplay To start, you must decide on which track to race. I would advise a simpler one for your first race. It's the one without all the water and the boats. It's a little bit more straightforward track. Then, before shuffling the cards, make sure that all the cards with a value of 8 are removed. These are easy to tell from the rest as the front of the card features a driver, not lines of cars. You will need these cards for the auction phase. Now, shuffle and deal the remaining 42 regular speed cards evenly to each player. If you're playing with 4 or 5 players, place the 2 extra cards back in the box. Then give everyone a score sheet. Again, I would suggest just laminating a set of six of these and using dry erase markers. Now, we just take all six cars, with our fingers open, and shake them like dice, and the first one that falls out gets pole position, then we just place the other five at random. Shuffle the driver's speed eight cards and place them face down next to the stack of shuffled power cards. These are the blue cards. 
The auction phase is now ready to start. Flip over the top driver and the top power card. This is the first pair up for auction. To bid, and you must bid, on the car, every player looks through their hand of cards and decides how much they're willing to spend to purchase that specific car color or power. The value is based on the color of the car on a specific speed card. For instance, if you wanted to spend four, that is four million dollars, on the red car because you have a lot of red and wild in your hand, you would find a card with a red four on it. On the flip side, if you do not want that pair at all, you still have to bid, but you can find a card that has no red on it at all. Once everyone selected their bidding card, they are placed face down and everyone reveals simultaneously. The person who bid the most wins. In case of a tie, the person that has the most cars on their card gets the car and the power. It is important to note that these cards are not lost or discarded, so you do not risk anything other than how much you're willing to spend on the car. Record the amount spent in the left column next to the car on your score sheet. This continues until all six cars are bought. Everyone must have a car, so in a six-player game, once a person has a car, they can no longer bid. It does not have to be even, though. In a three-player game, one person can have three cars, while one has two and the last player only has one. There is strategy in how many cars and how much you're willing to spend. The amount you spend on your car is subtracted at the end of the game from your winnings. I've seen people with one car win against people with three, and vice versa. It all depends on your betting and the placement of your cars at the end of the race. Now that everyone has their cars, the owner of the pole position car will go first and then play will proceed clockwise from there. That player can select from any card in their hand. There is no hand limit or drawing of cards. You have them all available to you all the time from the start of the game to the finish. When a card is played, each car represented on that card will be moved that associated amount of spaces unless that car has no legal move. The cars must be moved from the top down. This creates a lot of strategy and opportunities for you to run your opponent's car into situations that burn cards completely or at least limit their usefulness. For example, if the green car cannot move and I have a card that has a really high green value, I might play it if it benefits my car and it completely screws over the green car. By burning cards like this, you can put pressure on the owner to get their car past the finish line. Once played, the card is then discarded. The game board has a nice little place set aside for this. The basic boards have a clearing and some trees in the upper left. Play proceeds this way until the first car passes one of the thick yellow betting lines. After all the cars have finished moving on that card, play is paused and the first betting occurs. Each player now decides which car they think will win the race. Simply put a check mark under the bet one box of that color. This will happen at bet two and bet three lines as well. Once everyone's made their bets, the next player plays their next card. Once a car passes the finish line, the owner of that card no longer plays cards, unless they have more than one car in the race. Once you have no more cards in the race, you can sit back and relax. Your race has come to an end. This can really hamper the cards in 5th and 6th place as those cards in that player's hand can no longer be played and could be exactly what's needed to get those cards across the finish line. Once all the cards are played, or all the cards pass the finish line, the final scores are tallied up. First, you enter the winnings of your car. 
the better your car or car is placed, the more money you want. First place is worth $12 million, but fifth is only worth $2 million, while sixth place pays nothing. Then add in all your bets. To do this, the cars you bet on had to finish in the top three. If you bet on the green car to win at bet one and it came in second, you won $6 million. Do this for all three bets. Next up, you subtract the money you spent to buy your car or cars at the auction. Then the sum is your total winnings. The person with the highest winning, well, they're declared the winner. I have seen all kinds of strategies played in my office, and I have seen all of them win and lose. I believe you have to play a few games to be able to read the game and your hand and then adapt accordingly. Replayability. With a double-sided board and variable player accounts along with variable player powers, there is a lot of replayability built right into the base game. With the two, so far, released additional track sets, Downforce is just adding more and more replayability. And I will talk about another fun thing you can do with your game in the other section to increase your playability even more. Now I've played this game with three, four, five, and six players. Though I feel like I could get a two-player game in simply by asking the son if he wants to play. The only time he's been able to play was a three-player game with the latest expansion tracks. The balance of three, four, and five-player games requires different strategic approaches. You have to really look at your hand, do some mental math, and decide what will work best for you and give you the best chance at winning. How many cars to buy? How much should you spend on them? What power and car combination would truly be best for you? These are all questions that change from game to game. Artwork. The board and game art by Michael Crampton fits the theme and tone perfectly. It's a lighthearted game and the artwork enhances that. The expansion boards get a little more interesting with their artwork. Component quality. There are cards, and no, I have not sleeved them. Yet. They are really high quality cards. With no additional cards being added to the deck, I don't worry that they'll wear unevenly. The cars themselves are a nice, thick, quality plastic. They are quality in that they are dual colored. The wheels, spoilers, and helmets are all black, but the car body is a color. In most games, I would expect a single color for the whole car, like the red car would be red. Completely red. The board is a standard six-fold, but you need to be careful. It's an odd cut and fold, and if you're not careful, you'll bend it the wrong way and tear your board in half. The game is made of very high-quality products, and this is just something you can expect from restoration games. Bang for the buck. The base game is $39.99. For this level of quality and the fact that it can be played from two to six players seamlessly, that is simply a steal. Each expansion pack's only $19.95, and those are a must if you love this game. I have not seen this excellent game outside of game shops, so you may have to venture into one of those or look online. Lunchtime Potential We have played this game a lot since we first got it in 2018. A buddy of mine won it as a play and win at Geekway that year. We were excited to share it with the group and it has been a huge success. We have played it around 20 times. I know that it has been played more times than that, but I only record games that I play on my phone app because I'm a nerd like that. It is a well-loved game. It has a very tight playtime as it has that finite end. Once the fifth car passed the line, or no more cars can make it to the finish line, the game is over. It happens sometimes that two cars won't make it across the line, 
clever play, could even strand a third car. Other. Alright, this episode's other section is going to be a little different from any other thus far. I love Downforce, and while I was on YouTube, I came across a video showing how to do a crossover with Downforce in Monopoly Mario Kart Gamer Edition. Of course, I was immediately intrigued and clicked the link. The video showed that the Mario Karts from the Monopoly game are the same size as the included cars in Downforce. And, with a little imagination, you can replace the cars with these and add other features from the Monopoly Gamer Edition to change Downforce into a Mario Kart experience. People have gone all out on this. I went to Board Game Geek via the link in the video, downloaded the rules, printed them out, purchased Monopoly Mario Kart from Walmart, picked it up on the way home from work, along with all the extra characters, except for Bowser, because apparently he's the rare one, and I spent more money buying Bowser than I did buying the game and the other five characters. The next day, with what I had on hand, we played our first game of the Amalgamation. We have made a few tweaks ourselves. The thread, which I'll put in the show's notes, are ever-changing. People posted links to STL files for 3D printing of thwomps, potted piranha plants, mystery dice. My advice is simply start with the basic rule set offered and make changes as you see fit. Make it work for your group. We love combining these together. It does make for a very fun, lively, and totally different experience of Monopoly and Downforce. Expansions. Expansions is a loose term here. They're really just double-sided tracks, yet they add a lot of new features and are a must if you think you're going to play this game often. The first new set came out in 2018. It was called Danger Circuit, and it offers two new courses, six new power cards, and a lot of new and fun strategy. The first new track is Crossover Speedway. This crazy track has two crisscrosses on it. Both of these wreak a lot of havoc. They offer a great place to tie up your opponent's cars while trying to squeeze out a lead for yourself. The next track is Switchback Pass. This track has dangerous spots with cracks in the track and rubble on the spaces. These spaces cannot be driven through except to pass. They are half the size of the normal space. This means if you cannot get your car around the car in front of you and back to a non-dangerous spot, then that car is stuck where it is. The six new power cards are shuffled in with the base game power cards, then two are dealt for each car when it comes up. At the end of the auction phase, each player must discard down to only one power card. Wild Ride. This set came out literally the weekend before lockdown. I pre-ordered it and picked it up on Sunday, and we went into lockdown on Monday. I got it to the table one time. This set includes two new tracks, eight ramps, and three animal tokens. You heard me right, ramps. The first new track is Aloha Sands. This one features the eight ramps. To ramp your car, you must meet the three criteria. Your speed value must be equal to or higher than that of the ramp. So for a ramp of three, you have to have a three or higher on the card. Secondly, you have to have at least one movement left. And finally... The landing spot must be vacant. If any of these criteria are not met, you cannot use the ramp. The second track, Savannah Stretch, features animal tokens. 
To start, you put the three animal tokens in the first three matching size spots on the track. The animals block traffic and spots like a car would. Once a car passes the line on the other side of the animal token, that token progresses to the next spot matching its size down the way. The antelopes move five locations, while the python and elephant only have four spaces on the track. They can really cause some backups, and <laughs> I'm telling you, they really wreak some havoc with these animal tokens. So in summary, I think it comes as no surprise that I highly recommend this game. Downforce has given us hours of enjoyment. We have at least two copies in the office, the one my buddy won at Geekway, and the one that I picked up myself. Adding in the Monopoly Gamer Edition only heightens all of this. We've played this game, like I said, about 20 times, and it just gets more and more enjoyable. We keep thinking, this is a dominant strategy. No, this is a dominant strategy. There is no dominant strategy. It's all about that game that day. I highly recommend picking this up from your local game shop. You can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash eatlunchandboardgame. Always feel free to email me at eatlunchandboardgame at gmail.com. And until next time, keep building those bridges. Stay in tune with all things sports around Indiana and the nation with the Crash Course Podcast. Each week, we tackle the big storylines from the world of the Colts, Pacers, and the Indiana College scene, while also keeping a pulse on the nation. We record live weekly at twitch.tv slash 3cmedia and can be found on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard, you can catch the Crash Course Podcast. Average Joe's Gaming is a weekly podcast brought to you by us. I'm Joe. I'm Tom. We talk about all things game-related. In this hour-long podcast, you'll discover what has arrived in the game room, which Funko Pop Tom just could not resist, and maybe, if you're lucky, we might get around to talking about games. Might. Tune in weekly. You can find us on all of your favorite podcast formats. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.